Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. Andres Laris is the managing partner of Shapiro Negotiation Institute and the co-author of Persuade, the four steps to influence people and decisions. Andres is back with us and we're going to hone in on one topic today. I'm really excited how to get into networking when we feel unprepared, out of practice, or maybe just a little rusty. Andres, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's start with a question. What makes networking even beneficial? How is it beneficial to job seekers and those that want to accelerate their career? Well, the interesting thing about networking is, you know, technically on paper, we would think, what's the difference, right? If we've all lived through a few years where as much as possible is done remotely, and so you still can communicate, right? You can pick up the phone and call someone, you can schedule a video call, you can do video conferences and events. And so, but I think what, what really is interesting that people are finding out as they spend a lot of time not doing it is that there's something to be said for personal contact. And so this is something that we've been researching for years. And what we've found is something called the media richness theory, which essentially is, right, if we call someone, or let's start with an email. In an email, you send it off, and so there's no tone, which is one of the reasons sometimes emails can, can turn kind of combative or you can feel you know, frustrated when someone sends you because there's no tone. So someone actually could have meant something in a good way, and you receive it in a different way because they're, you know, they can't control the tone. Then you take uh, that and you go to a call. And so if you have a call, instead, you can have to hear the person, but you can't see them. So you don't know if they're multitasking or if they're really focused or not. Then you get to a video call and you can see them. At least they're kind of in this box. And so that's helpful. But there's, there's something to be said for that personal connection that's made when you meet someone. When you shake hands, personal touch, literally shaking hands as part of it. The full picture of the body language, the reaction. And even it really kind of the focus that you have on someone when you're connecting with them and you're spending kind of full focus entirely on them and vice versa, is it helps to build rapport much, much quicker, right? That richness is what allows you to really kind of dig in and get past that first initial first impression. And so networking is that on steroids, right? We go to an event and we're meeting tens or you know more people and very quickly. And so those conversations, and then you add the fact that there's a theme around networking. So it might be an association, it might be a topic, it might be an event, and you're doing something together, you're meeting together or you know, you're, you're watching sessions together 
And so that that shared kind of piece, that topic also brings you together even more. So all of that is what makes it so powerful. And so it just cannot be overstated the impact it could have on your career if you're a good networker. When you go to networking events, whether it be just meeting a new friend or bumping into someone who knows your industry or maybe a connection for your business or for your job, it's really hard to even create unknowns via email, right? You're not going to know who to randomly seek out. But at networking events, you might just end up at a table or standing next to somebody that could change your life, the, the path of your life. To get started, and one of the reasons I really wanted to have Andres back on the show, and I, I invite him here, is he has these steps to get back into networking and to reframe the way we think of it. The first one is putting yourself out there. That makes everyone nervous. How do we start with that step? Well, and before I jump into one, one comment where you said, what I really like is I look back at my career and the career of many people that I've worked with or close friends, and the best positions I've ever gotten came from networking. And they came from totally serendipitously meeting. So I was at a conference. I happened to meet with someone. I was chatting with them for an hour about kind of topics around sports and negotiation. It turned out they ended up being my future employer. I didn't know who they were until an hour into the conversation. And the second I happened to meet at another event, also networking, uh, my second, you know, what I ended up being now where I've been 14 years, Shapiro Negotiations, the, the founder of the company and former president. So, you know, I can't, uh, I can't tell you how important it's been to my career. And it makes a lot of sense because if you submit an application and just a resume, you're just one of 10, 50, 500 resumes. But if you know someone who's a personal connection built, the difference is enormous. So, but yeah, to, to your question around, you know, getting yourself out there. And so uh, everyone's a little bit different about this. One personal take I, I advise for folks is to think about for just a brief second, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? So putting yourself out there, you go to an event, maybe you start with something small, a, a regional event, a local event, just to kind of get back in the swing of things. And the reality is worst case scenario, if you find it that you really don't enjoy it and it's not going well, you leave. Worst case scenario, when you're ready to go, you go. And really, you can't do a lot of damage, right? Best case scenario, you're enjoying it and you're also making some good connections. And so a good networking event should be both, should be enjoyable and, and should also hopefully help you make some new, you know, either personal or, or you know, kind of work-related relationships. And so I think I like to think of it and, and mention to people, think about what's the worst case scenario. It's not that scary. When you're ready to go, you go. It's so the first couple of times you may be short-lived, maybe 10, 15 minutes, half an hour at, at small events. But I think very quickly you'll find that, especially because we work more remotely, a lot of us do, that there's actually kind of a desire to do a few social things and, and you actually will enjoy them more than you thought you would. I really like that idea of starting with an exit plan or, or giving yourself permission to have an exit plan instead of saying to yourself, this is a three and a half hour event. It's from five till 8.30. That's going to be a drag. You can tell yourself, hey, look, I'll go to this. It's out of my comfort zone, but I'll show up. If it's okay, that's great. Everything will go well. If I'm really uncomfortable and feeling a lot of pain, I'll leave after 20 minutes. You're not going to get as much out of it. But like you said, if you know the worst case scenario ahead of time that it'll be uncomfortable, then you can leave. And then the next networking event, maybe it'll be 30 minutes instead of 20 because you're just a little more comfortable in your own skin and talking to strangers. What a great way to set yourself up to be comfortable, but also know the parameters of the event. You'll either be there for three hours or, or 20 minutes or Maybe you'll start having fun and, and the hours will go by quickly. It might surprise some people that networking events also make me very uncomfortable. It depends on the type, but early in my career, 
I was 21, 22, and I would go to networking events for my first job. It was very heavily focused on it. And most of the people in the room were in their 40s and 50s. It seemed like they all knew each other. Once I get started talking to someone, it's easy, but it's really hard to start the conversation. It just feels so awkward knowing what to say, the, the first five or 10 words. How do you break that barrier to just start talking to someone you don't know that is standing next to you? So that's a great question, by the way. I love the way you said kind of give yourself permission, but you know, leave it earlier, give yourself those boundaries. That's a really good way to think about it. Well, how do you start that conversation? So I think there's a concept that I think is really important in networking. And the difference between, I think, someone who's able to network and someone who's very good at it, there's probably a few things. But one that comes to mind that's perhaps the biggest is genuine curiosity. And, and that's really what drives it, right? If you are networking, the genuine piece that you really want to be there and even if you don't, you know, maybe if you're an introvert, if you take a lot of energy, okay, so you may not do them every day. And, you know, there's a, there's a boundary to how much you're willing to do, but you've got to actually want to be there because if you don't, it'll come off pretty quickly. And the second is curiosity. You have to really be interested in what people have to say, right? So you're meeting folks. And so if you connect that, what you'll find is that's what drives it. And so you will kind of present yourself differently and people want to speak with you. And so it'll just make it a lot more valuable two way. And so I think of for me, so if I take it a moment away from kind of the, the event space, the in-person event, if you will, I remember I was in graduate school and, and one of the things that has always stuck with me is I learned just as much from my peers as I did from actually graduate school itself. And one of the most valuable skills I learned was around networking. In this case, kind of one-to-one. So the sports world is very small. And as I was looking to break in, I didn't, I, before I got to graduate school, I had almost no connections at all in the space. And so I had a, I had a roommate who was very good, who would constantly be reaching out. So what he would be very good at is he would figure out who he wanted to reach out to. And he'd always be thinking about that, that kind of role that he wanted. And so all those people in the role, every time you see a newspaper clipping, an interesting article somewhere, a TV show, anything that was all related or had a good idea, he had his 10 or 15 people that he had either just started to connect with or was trying to connect with, and he'd send them something. And so it was really kind of a, a very genuine thing. And then what he was trying to do is try to set up a meeting with them to talk about it. And he wasn't necessarily, step one, wasn't looking for a job. He was in graduate school. So he had six months or a year before he was looking for a job. And so what I learned from him, it's, it's always stuck with me. And so now, you know, I remember at the time, networking seemed like this chore. I've got to reach out to 20 people in order to kind of connect with 10 of them. And 10 of them, two or three of them, I'll build a relationship with. And hopefully one of them will help me get a job. They just felt really transactional. And then that kind of flipped the switch for me. I'm reaching out to them because I generally am curious about how they got started in their career or why they do this or, you know, the few places they've been at and what they think of each organization or whatever it was. There are particular things that I was curious about. And I got better at really focusing on what am I curious about and asking questions around. And when I am, I would still be tired after a networking event or after reaching out to a whole bunch of folks, but I just got so much more out of it. And I felt like because I was curious, they got more out of it too. They could sense that I really was interested. It wasn't just the kind of a formality of, I just want to get to know you and then ask you for a job after. And so that's always stuck with me. So if that helps folks, that, that was really powerful for me. And people appreciate that curiosity and obviously being asked about themselves. For people that are uncomfortable with networking, when you come up and speak with someone about anyone there, they're probably just as uncomfortable as you. So when you shift your thinking to, you're kind of, you're the, their savior for a little while of having to stand there and look around and be uncomfortable. It's hard to just walk up to someone and, and introduce yourself, but 
Don't think about just doing it for you. If you see someone else that's standing there and a little bit uncomfortable, if you're the first person to go up to them or you start the conversation, you really are also helping them get out of that situation. And typically people are pretty excited to, to start talking, right? And answering questions about themselves and maybe they're just as curious as you are. Speaking of that curiosity, do you have any, I don't wanna use the word icebreakers because I think that kind of has a cheesy association, but maybe some talking points, especially to get started in the conversation that listeners could even write down and, and glance at really quickly b- before they introduce themselves to people. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You you need indeed. I really like the way you kind of mentioned it. I hadn't thought of it that way, but certainly, you know, they're there for a reason. So I think even a step further, what you just said about, hey, they're probably also just as kind of anxious about having starting conversations as you are. But ironically, you're both there for a reason. You're both at a networking event in order to meet other people and discuss things. So yeah, I really like you kind of positioning as you're essentially by you walking up and asking them, they were probably thinking about doing the same to you or to somebody else. And so you're almost doing them a favor to kind of make that, you know, you're making that a first approach. So I like that a lot. So, you know, the question kind of about icebreakers or about starting the conversation. So I, I think it's tough to have kind of like the exactly what to do, but I think the preparation process, and this is one of the things that, you know, we were talking about the show, you know, kind of in the, in the steps, if you will. The process should be to really think about a few questions that things you're really curious about, you want to learn more about and having those in your back pocket, they can be really helpful because first of all, then there is genuine curiosity. You do want to learn more and you can ask folks for their opinion. And secondly, if you're thinking about it in forms of questions, it can be helpful. I mean, one of the most powerful tools in networking is to ask questions, right? So people like to talk. They like to talk about themselves, like to share experiences. And so the best networkers aren't, you know, there to tell 50 stories to people who will listen and find just an audience, it's the other way around, right? The best networkers have great questions and, and are kind of driven, like we talked about, by curiosity. So I think thinking through four, five, six questions that you, things that you really want to learn more about or are curious about in general when you're related to a topic, you know, if you're going to a marketing event around SEO or if you're going to a sales event or if you're going to cooking clocks, whatever it could be, it's going to be fairly easy if you take a few minutes before the event to think about, hey, what are some things I'd like to learn more about at this event? And if you have those ready, I think that's the best way to do it rather than kind of the, the canned icebreaker. But at the end of the day, because like you said, they're there for a reason. So quite honestly saying where you're from and asking someone where they're from is as cliche and, and cheesy, if you will, as that is, you know, that's potentially okay. But you can go a deeper level by having a few questions ready around things that you really want to learn more about. And you'll find that will be uh, an even better way to really start a, a real conversation. I have found for myself something really simple like, hi, I'm Matthew. I'm in podcasting. What brings you here? 
just uh, see what the response is and then you can take it from there. Hopefully learn a little bit about their industry, say negotiation, whatever that might be. And then you have somewhere to go to start asking those questions and learning about them and their industry. And hopefully that conversation goes both ways. I've been places where people might be so utterly shy or just disinterested or maybe their, their employer forced them to go where you just kind of get one word answers, right? Why are you here to, to learn about negotiation? You know, well, uh, what kind of work do you do? Negotiation. And at, at that point, some, I think sometimes you just have to nicely give a couple minutes to it and move on. Some people just don't want to be there. And you learn to read that, I think, quickly. And, and people who won't help continue the conversation, it takes a back and forth. How do you guide that conversation to learn about them, but then also not just turn it into an interview where you're just asking question after question? How do you find those commonalities, but then help bring that to fruition of the purpose of the event? And one last thing about your last goal was I liked the exit strategy and having something available. You talked about allowing yourself an exit strategy for the entire event. The same can be said for a conversation. And so just as simple as, well, Matt, it was really nice talking to you. It was really nice to meet you. Enjoy the rest of the event. A very nice, simple way to be able to end the conversation when you think it makes sense. And so it's not the end of the world and they understand that. And if, if they're giving you short answers, they probably don't want to be there. So once again, the theme continues and you're probably doing them a a service as well. They probably were not interested in either particularly you or just in the event. And so don't take it personally. And a very nice way to just kind of step away and move on to the next person. I really like that just ending with enjoy the rest of the event because one of the awkward things is you have to make an excuse, right? Thanks for the conversation. I'm going to go find someone who actually wants to talk with me, right? You're not going to say that or I'm going to go grab some food or whatever. Just saying enjoy the rest of the event and no excuses, right? Both parties are probably glad to move on to the next phase of their evening. That phrasing that you use is professional, but also not drumming up some excuse to, to walk away. Yeah, exactly. And you both didn't it. whoops, I said before that I was doing this. And so I'm getting my superhero cape. So back to your question of commonalities. Commonalities are about, and I think that starts with the questions and you kind of have to prepare it a little bit in the sense that you're thinking about what you want to learn more about, right? So the way we are as humans, I mean, there's, there's a lot of commonalities we all have. There's a lot more than we think with just about anybody. And so that's one thing to remember. And so the second is, but we are kind of the lens with which we come into something will really affect us. For example, we're hiring a key person right now at the company, potentially two. And so that's at the top of my mind. So if I went to a networking event, it'd be very natural. If anything related to that comes up, my lens will be there and I'll probably ask questions about that. And that's just the way the lens will be thinking. Rather, if you're looking for a job, you might have something around that. Or if you just started using artificial intelligence and chat GPT or BARD, you might have. So that's kind of the way we work. And so commonalities are very easy to draw up in that way because some of the things that you're thinking about are very likely things that they're thinking about or have questions about and vice versa. I think in the conversation, if you're asking a few questions, you'll find very natural to come up. I like the way you said, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm Adam in podcasting and tell me a little bit more about yourself. And so it's going to come up with what they do. And you know, there's some connection between where you went or, you know, sorry, where you live or where you went to school or your profession. You know, all of a sudden, very quickly, you'll think things will come up. And so, and if not, those commonalities are the topic. And that's the one you can always go back to, right? So you're at an networking event. Everyone has a theme, right? It'll be local to your city. It'll be about a topic around marketing or about sales or about procurement or about artificial intelligence or about sports. It could be anything. And so that's the last one that you can always refer back to. For example, conferences, I... We were just at a conference actually a couple of days ago for a day. And, and one of the things that I thought was interesting was it was a training conference. And so, hey, a very simple question. What brings you here? And it's a, it's a very genuine question. Some people are there to, we, we were actually looking for a vendor in X, Y, and Z. And so we're trying to find someone who can help us do this. 
Another person says, hey, I'm new to this role. And so I just want to sponge up as much as I can. Or another person may say, look, I'm hiring. And so I'm looking for people. It's amazing that just that simple question. So I guess that is one can one that I found to be very helpful because that tells me they're free. So I know my friend. that tells me they're free and it can really help guide the conversation thereafter. One of the things that you talk about is body language. How does that impact how people read you at the networking event and also kind of the success of your conversations? So body language, I would kind of bucket into two things. The first is kind of your body language. And I think the piece here is body language is contagious to yourself and it's contagious to others. So by that, I mean, you're about to go to a networking event. So what should you do? Well, simplest thing in the world is do something you enjoy, like put on a song you enjoy or have your favorite drink or do something you enjoy and smile on your way there. So you're driving to a networking event, do that. And it sounds very simple and kind of crazy. But the reality is smiling is contagious. If you smile, so it goes two ways. If you're happy, you will smile. But if you smile, you'll make yourself happier and more positive. Now, the next step too is amazingly, if you're also, if you're more positive and you're smiling, you'll actually be contagious to them also. Oh, yeah. More likely that they will smile and also be kind of positive about it. And so you can control your state a little bit as causational both ways. So that's the first. And the second is, body language is a helpful read. So earlier on, you talked about the one that answers, why are you here? To learn about negotiation. What do you do? I'm in negotiation. And they're one word answers and clearly that person isn't interested. Well, that's pretty simple to read, pretty easy. You don't need a lot of experience to pick up on that. So just, you know, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the event kind of thing. But what happens if you're in a conversation, you're talking for a little while. So body language is really about kind of congruence with multiple things pointing to the same direction. So what do I mean by that? Well, I'm talking to Matt at a conference and all of a sudden he kind of crosses his arms like this. So the reality is that doesn't mean anything, right? So the one thing can mean you're cold, could be you're comfortable that way, could be you know, it could be anything really, and it doesn't mean much by itself. But if you look at multiple things together, so if you turn kind of 45 degrees away a little bit, so now I'm not looking directly, I am 45 degrees away, and I cross my arms, and my eye contact starts to diminish, well, those things now, it's consistently pointing in the direction of I'm not as interested, or I've said something that you disagree with, or it is telling you something. So one by itself, kind of the arms crossing or they have a little bit less eye contact. One thing by itself doesn't typically mean a lot. But if you're looking for multiple things that it does, I think that would be the, the thing to keep in mind when you're reading it. And, and again, I think generally, although we can't kind of point our finger, oh, because he crossed his arms and he changed the angles a little bit and this, you kind of sense that a little bit, but that gives you some rules to think about or guidelines, I should say. If listeners want to learn more from you and dig into the negotiation side, which helps especially during the job interview, but also throughout the career or the other resources you have, how should people connect with you? The best two places are our website, tons of content there. We produce a blog and, and put a lot of effort into that. So it's uh, www.ironegotiations.com. And then the other one is probably LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a company and LinkedIn, uh, for me personally, feel free to reach out. But hopefully this is helpful to folks because it sounds like I think we both agree Networking is a is a really crucial element of professional development, I would say, and, and career path, right? Like I said, quite frankly, my two best opportunities in my career have come specifically from networking. And very rarely have I gotten jobs from just submitting a resume in an application. And so it doesn't mean you don't do that. And that's an important part of it. I can't tell you how much I've learned and people I've met that haven't translated to jobs, but have just, I've learned a great deal from, I've got quite a few mentors. And most of them actually started with networking events or just total cold outreach of someone like, I really respect the way this person does things. And I hope that I can learn from them in just a total cold outreach. So hopefully that inspires folks to kind of push on a little bit more than they might have. 
A lot of networking in my life has been helpful for my career, but also people who have become mentors or, or there's even been a number of people that you talk to and you understand that they've been doing what you're trying to do or they know about what you want to know about for the past 30 years. And a lot of things that have helped me a lot are people who I've just met and said, hey, you mind if I shoot an email with a couple more questions to get your perspective on this? It's all these little things that maybe you're happy in your job, but maybe you'll meet someone who has a job you want in 10 years. And it's not an instant career opportunity, but it's someone who might give you a little bit of time or tell you maybe you're thinking about which path to take to get to kind of the mm -hmm. same end goal. There's so much. I try not to look at it as networking. You go out and you make some friends. You talk to people, like you said, find commonalities, learn from them, which helps you, but also in a genuine way, be there to help them, whether they're in the same town as you and maybe there's something you can do to help. But to be a resource both ways, it's about just meeting good people. If I meet someone, I know if we're going to be able to email back and forth, maybe run into each other, have another casual chat without feeling like it's a give and take type thing where it's just one of, one of your friends in the business world or whatever industry you're in. I think the last time you were here, I asked you to come back on the show. Thank you for accepting my invitation because this is fantastic information. I'll say it again. Please, please join us again. Anytime you're ready, and I'll reach out to you again to try and hook you back in. But in the meantime, I will link to the different web resources you mentioned so listeners can get in touch with you. And we all really appreciate your time and insight into networking. Well, thank you for having me. And it's been an enjoyable experience, much like the topic that we talked about. I think these things are best when it's an enjoyable experience and, and you both get something out of it. And certainly, same as last time, it was both enjoyable and you know I, I appreciate your perspective on it. And, and so... That's the best possible thing you could hope for at a time like this. Let's do it again. Awesome. Definitely. Thank you. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes. Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others. It's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.